Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review and to our listeners across the United States and around the world. Now, as PR professionals, we must deal with a variety of audiences. Among them are internal. Some are hunkered down in their silos. We must also listen to our audiences for important feedback and more. My guest today is Lori Croy. She is the Director of Communications for the Missouri Department of Commerce and Insurance in Jefferson City, Missouri. Her focus is on helping Missouri citizens understand who we are what we do, and how we can help them. In addition, she is responsible for communicating with industry partners in the areas of insurance, banking, credit unions, and professional licensing to ensure the protection of consumers while also maintaining a safe, level, and competitive playing field. Now, 22 years ago, Lori created the Web Communications Department at the University of Missouri, starting with just a team of two. She merged digital communications with the publications department and grew the Missouri Creative Department to a team of 25. Lori also has 24 years of experience in higher education and private consulting. She is interested in truly integrated communication strategy, which includes taking down those traditional departmental silos and putting the needs of the audience first. Lori, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Now, you mentioned that you are interested in integrated communications and putting the audience first. Uh, That, of course, includes some listening and, of course, internal communications. So why don't you let us know how you go about achieving these goals? Sure. Uh, Well, one of the things that I would say is that in order to have outstanding and flawless external communications, we have to pay close attention to the effect and the impact that our internal communications have on what we're saying to the public at large. Uh, Our employees are probably the best ambassadors that we could have. And making sure that they are in a position to have uh, the right information um, and the right attitudes when they're talking to members of the public uh, are something that communicators really need to pay attention to. So um, I really like to take an approach of um, taking a deep listening opportunity to find out more about where people are uh, in their connection and integration with the department. Now, does that also require that you give them some training? Once you listen to them, you get certain information, certain clues, certain directions that you may need to go So once you do have that information, how do you go about taking corrective actions or guiding them in the direction you would like them to go in? Sure. I think one of the things that any communicator needs to do first with internal communications is to build trust and respect. Um, We can ask people all day long uh, to deliver information that we give them in the way that we want them to do that, but it is more likely to be successful if they trust and respect the person who's doing the asking. 
So one of the things that is really important is to uh, take a close look at what the department priorities are. Um, in our case, uh, what are the state government priorities at that point in time? Where does our department fit? And what kinds of messages are we trying to deliver? And then when we have that in mind, um, it's important to listen in the department to how people are talking about those same topics. Do they understand? Uh, what is the attitude? Uh, what words are they using to describe something? Are, is it a potentially positive message or a potentially negative message? And of course, is it accurate? And once I get a sense of what the department temperature is on a topic. I usually try to take an approach in our department newsletter, for instance, uh, to be able to dig a little bit deeper into a topic and to create uh, short, memorable message points that are easy for them to be able to deliver on their own or to replicate in a conversation. I'm looking for things that are short enough that they're easily retained. Well, one of the things you, you had mentioned, of course, is that gaining their trust. Now, I understand the things you do to help them do what you would like them to do, but how difficult has it been for you to regain trust that perhaps had been lost through some other uh, activities taking place prior to your getting there? Sure. Well, I, I will say that, like most communicators, I'm a people person, and I feel like there is no replacement for um, a face-to-face -face interaction with someone. So when I first arrived, and I've been in this role for about two years now, um, we had just come off a statewide uh, organizational health index survey. And in that survey, the results had shown that uh, employee morale was lower than the state would like, and that employees did not feel overall that the communications between leadership and the workforce was uh, taking place in the way that they would appreciate that being done. So when I came on board, one of the things that I needed to do was to make sure that we started to address those problems. So the first thing that I did was something that is very, very simple. In the morning, I make my cup of tea, and I would start going what I call walkabout the department, um, just introducing myself to people who didn't know me because I was new. Um, I would stop by random cubicles in the office and ask people what their name was, what kind of work do you do for the department? How long have you been here? Um, hey, I'm new here, what can you share with me? And people begin to know who I was and to feel a little more comfortable with me. Uh, and after a while, they would start sharing information with me as I moved about the department about things that were going on or questions that they might have or information that they had heard. Uh, this was very helpful to me. And again, um, I was definitely putting myself in the role of listener and learner at that point. Moving on, I have an approach that is uh, something that I've done for many, many years as a manager of people, and I call it management by chocolate. 
I have a, a very large selection of chocolate that's in a dish on my conference room table in my office. I'm getting um, hungry so right now. <laughs> oh, good. Um, it's a really popular concept. Just let me reinforce that. But the chocolate is there. It's available to anybody. It doesn't have to be a member of my team or someone who works in close proximity. I have people from other floors in the building and from other departments who will stop by just to get a piece of chocolate and say hello. What happens during those interactions is people will come in, get a piece of chocolate, will uh, greet each other, and before I know it, I'm getting a sense of, What's going on with your day? Is is everything well? Um, is there news to share? Uh, I get a sense of mood. I get a sense of um, frustration. Um, there are a lot of things that I am able to pick up in these very short interactions that give me a very personal glimpse into the life of the department workforce. And when I do that, I'm able to take what I've learned and apply it to the things that I am trying to communicate on behalf of leadership. And I'm able to uh, incorporate information that I may not have thought would have been useful to an employee. But I find in my conversations that there are things that they want and they need that I may not think about uh, in the course of my regular work. Uh, so I, I find that those opportunities are really useful in a listening sense and also to be able to have that ongoing uh, building of relationships and trust. Uh, they, they come in, they visit with me, they know that they're welcome, and uh, they share information with me. They also ask me questions hey, I've heard something's going on. What is this new thing that state government is putting out? Um, do you have any idea when our department's going to be involved in such and such project? And I'm able to address questions directly, but it also tells me hmm, that might be a great topic uh, to be able to add to uh, internal communications that are going out to the broader workforce. If one or two people have that question, most people will find it useful information. Well, let me let me support you on that because in some of my uh, past positions, I, I actually called it management by walking around, and that's exactly what I did, go to visit people, speak to them in their arenas or workplace, not having to come to, come to my office. The other part of that was if I made a commitment to do something, I, I actually had to do it so they could see that uh, you, you're delivering what you said you were going to deliver on, and that also began to uh, build up trust and comfort levels. And then once they start having that interaction with you, it is much easier to get them to, to get on board and, of course, giving recognition when somebody, you know, without waiting until the end of the year at an awards program, giving recognition to folks because people really do respond to being recognized for the good work that they're doing. I think that's very important. And I would also say that in in doing this work, one of the things that beyond listening is really important in building those relationships and building that trust is to also bring things of value to your colleagues. And when I say that, let me just explain that the department that I work for 
um, has been built from uh, multiple agencies brought together under one umbrella. And we just expanded that and changed our name over the summer, bringing in a couple more divisions. And just because you bring people together and give everyone a common department name doesn't necessarily uh, automatically translate into a unified department. And that takes some work, and that takes um, being able to offer the same sorts of things to every department uh, employee, not just for the few that work in one area. So one of the things that, uh, that I have done and my team uh, has helped to do are to bring things of value. One of those things is uh, everybody wants to look good. Uh, everybody uh, needs to have a great professional photo that they can use on LinkedIn or um, for work-related publications if they're speaking somewhere and they need to pre- provide a bio. Uh, everybody wants to look good. They're all busy and rarely do people take the time to go have a professional photo taken. What we do is take our traveling studio to them. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we go to the various divisions. Uh, we're located in Jefferson City, Missouri, but, um, you know, recently we just took a couple of days and made a trip to uh, a Kansas City office and a St. Louis office during one week. Took that traveling studio and were able to update photos for people who were probably using photos that were at least 10 to 20 years old. And they express that it's the first time that somebody's done that for them. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that, you know, we're, we're hitting the right notes. Um, they know that people are thinking about them, that we seek to include them and their interests in what we're trying to provide in the way of communications. And it also says that we're listening. That idea did not come to me just on my own. That idea came to me because I was listening to people say it would be nice if we had the same things that employees in the Truman Building in Jefferson City have. Mm-hmm. So when I, I do surveys frequently, and during those uh, employee communication surveys, um, there will be specific comments that people make that give me a sense that they're feeling included or they're feeling excluded. And I really focus on those kinds of things. And to the extent that I am able to have a direct impact, I do that. Uh, I also uh, report all of those survey results back to the whole workforce, not just to directors, not just to managers. I publish those results in the newsletter following the survey being closed. And I let them know that um, I heard what they said. I appreciated their time in giving the feedback. And based on what you said, here are changes that we're making for you. And that those ideas were not our ideas specifically, but they're things that you said you would find useful. And we have found that the satisfaction levels in our communications have really skyrocketed and that people are feeling more uh, connected to the department. In fact, we renamed the newsletter Connect because people talked about wanting to be connected or not feeling connected to the department. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was that was a very um, public way of acknowledging that that is what that communication is about. Well, you know, I, I certainly support that because it appears that you and I have done some similar things, although maybe different arenas, uh, because you also mentioned the, the silos. And uh, when because I'm originally from Washington, D.C., and worked in federal government, s- silos was a big issue there. And um, yeah. I, having worked for an assistant secretary of education, we needed to address this, and we did, and we brought the entire office together and discussed what it is we were working on and found out through that uh, getting together that there are some similar issues that we're working on, but we're working on them separately. So now let's find a way that we can work together, which we did, and we became much more efficient. And it it, it also added to the um, collegiality, if you will, in the office, rather than just my hunkering down in my little arena and you hunkering in yours. And, uh, you know, we're working inefficiently. That really changed things around. So listening to people, letting them know not only have you listened and you heard, but you reacted and responded to those things that they considered important. And I think it's important to also underscore not only did they speak and we listened, but we also respected what they said enough to be able to respond and to give them feedback about how their needs were going to be met or how their suggestions could be incorporated. Mm-hmm. And and I think so often people feel like when they, they speak to leadership or they share information with their employer um, that it's going into a black hole. You know, we're just going through the motions, you know, and eventually they stop talking because they don't really have a strong connection. Uh, They don't know what's happening to the information. They don't know what you're going to do with it. And it's, again, that sense of building trust and respect um, between uh, leadership and employees when they can understand that we're willing to not only share what we're doing, but we're really eager to help you have a part in that and to acknowledge your contributions. Well, you know, that is hugely important and perhaps maybe more so for the government as compared to private industry because private industry seems to have gotten their hands around that a lot sooner. And one of the other things I I did um, uh, when I was in in D.C. was to give recognition. Normally, uh, most departments have their annual recognition or awards program somewhere at the end of the year or annually. Uh, We set up a, a program where, or I set the program up where if someone did something great in your department or very good in your department that helped the program or the entire process or whatever it happened to be, we printed out certificates that you could come in or your department head or supervisors could come in and say, fine, I'd like to print out this this uh, certificate for uh, Susan. She just did an amazing piece that really helped us get over a hump. We'd stick a gold a sticker on there and uh, walk around to Susan's office to call the folks in and make the presentation right there on the spot. You know, inexpensive, maybe a little cheesy, but the fact is that people like that sort of recognition among their peers. You know, um, recognition, I, I completely agree. Recognition can take a lot of forms. And um, in the survey results that we get back, routinely people uh say that their favorite part of our employee communications focuses on uh, employee milestones, 
who's who's a new employee, who is celebrating a, a milestone anniversary with the department, who's retiring, who's won an award. Um, when I first came here uh, trying to get information about what was going on in the life of the department was just insanely difficult. Uh, we couldn't get enough information uh, to fill a quarterly communication, let alone the monthly one that we needed to uh, mm-hmm. to do and to plan. And now I don't have to look for information. It is coming to me in huge amounts. People are happy to share not only what they're doing, but it's amazing to me how often I get communications where somebody wants their colleague to be recognized mm-hmm. because what they're doing for their unit, for their department, their division is so incredible, and they're proud. Uh, they're very proud of their work, and they want their colleagues to be proud of their work as well. So, you know, I will just say that, you know, the employee newsletter that we produce, if it is a success, it's because the employees have made it that way. Uh, they have given us the kind of information that they would like to share and that they would like to read. And it also gives us great story ideas for other things that we sometimes will eventually pitch in a press release. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't know this was going on. We didn't know that this program was was something that existed in our department. And, you know, this might be something that would make a really great external story. <clears throat> Well, let me add to that because also in the newsletter that uh, our section of the newsletter, we would also include, uh, let's say, important achievements in uh, an employee's uh, professional area, such as they may have become, um, let's say, president of the Chamber of Commerce or, um, you know, something along those lines and add that in there, that uh, their uh, bowling team won the uh, statewide trophy, whatever, to add that little bit of boost to their uh, to, to their egos and and they really enjoy that as well you know i i would say that something that um was a little bit of a special opportunity and special moment uh was uh we we hired a student intern to help our team during the summer and other areas of the department did so as well everybody has summer interns <laughs> that uh they're really happy to have on board and and they're just great young people that are either in college or getting ready to go to college and our summer intern was responsible for doing a feature piece uh, for the newsletter uh, and reaching out to all of her fellow interns and and you know managing the photo shoots and the layouts and you know drafting the the article and and it was a great experience because she learned firsthand that her article was successful in large part because she had existing relationships with those people. All summer long, the interns had formed a little team and a little group, and they'd worked together. And so when it was time for her to actually do that reporting and that writing, um, she had stories. She had ideas to be able to share, and they were willing to jump in and cooperate with her because she had built those bridges first. And I guess that's just kind of a good way for her to start into a communications career, the value of listening, the value of building relationships and bridges, 
and how that really supports what we're trying to do uh, in our communications, both to our internal audiences and to our external. Well, Laura, let me say, I think that you have really provided an education and some insight and perhaps opened a lot of eyes as to how other people can can enhance their uh, internal communications to wherever they happen to work, uh, private industry or uh, or the government in itself. So any closing words for, from you? Um, I would probably just like to remind people in the words of my dad who used to tell me very frequently as a talkative child that you'll always go farther in life if you do a little more tuning in and a little less broadcasting. (laughs) So I think that for all communicators, we're natural talkers. And sometimes it's easy for us to um, stop talking long enough to be able to listen to the amazing information that others have to share. Laura, you took some of the words right out of my mouth because I'm actually going to say now I certainly want to thank you for providing uh, all these words of wisdom and wisdom and uh, actual applications, uh, effective outcomes that you've produced. So my guest today has been Lori Croy. She's the Director of Communications for the Missouri Department of Commerce and Insurance in Jefferson City, Missouri. Lori, once again, thank you for joining us. And I also want to thank all of our listeners. And please join us for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.